Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Prepare to be blessed as pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau leads us into the anointed study of the Word of God, teaching and empowering you how to impact your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching you how to receive the blessings and provisions of God and how to walk through this life with freedom through faith. And now, here's Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hello, everyone, everywhere. This is Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Glory to God. We're so blessed that you can join us this morning. As a matter of fact, we're blessed every morning that we can come before you with the Word of God, declaring the Word of God, declaring the victory in Jesus Christ, the soon return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Glory to God. Join me in a word of prayer as we get started with today's broadcast. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you this day thanking you and praising you for all that you have done for us. Father, we are blessed of God every step of every day, and we thank you for your blessing. Lord, as we study your word this day, we thank you and praise you. That your word enters our hearts, floods our mind with thoughts of God. Lord, that you would be honored and glorified by all that is said and all that is done. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, join me in our confession of faith, commonly referred to as the Apostles' Creed. Glory to God. We thank you, Father, that you have given to us. You have given to us this word. Now, we say this as a statement of faith each and every time we begin our broadcast just to lay that solid foundation. You know, we have to build upon the foundation that has already been laid. And... Nobody else can build upon or can build another foundation. This is the foundation upon which our faith lies. Amen. So as you repeat these words, concentrate on them. Repeat them out loud so that your ears pick them up and it goes down into your heart and feeds your spirit. Amen. Repeat after me. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. 
The third day he rose again from the dead, and he ascended up into heaven, where he sits now at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, from where he shall come soon to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe the church is the body of Christ. I believe in the communion of saints. I believe in the forgiveness of sins. I believe in the resurrection of the body. And I believe in life everlasting. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, folks. What you need to do is turn in your Bibles to, well, we're just going to go straight there. Revelation, the book of Revelation, chapter 11. Hallelujah. As I was praying about the broadcast this morning, the Lord put it on my heart. It's been on there for several weeks, several weeks. That he is coming again soon. He says, tell my people I am coming again very soon. And he is. Amen. He is coming very soon. And a lot of people look forward to the second coming of Christ. They think, oh, Jesus is this guy who will establish peace on the earth. And he will. They think, oh, when Jesus comes back to this earth, you know, it's going to be so wonderful. Obviously, they don't know their Bibles. You see, the Lord wanted me to tell you and to show you in his word that when he comes back the second time, he's not coming like he did the first time. Amen? He is not going to be born into this earth as a cute little baby again. No, he's already done that. That's how God the Father got the Messiah, the Savior of the world, into the earth. He's not going to come into Jerusalem on a donkey with people waving palm fronds, and praising his name. No, that happened the first time. He is not going to come in the same manner in which he did last time. When he returns this time, there will be terror in all the earth. He is coming as a conqueror, a conquering king. When a king, I'm speaking in the old days, it's not so much anymore. But when a king conquers a land, there's a lot of bloodshed. People are killed. Anyone who poses any threat is killed. Anyone who tries to hold to the old kingdom is killed. He comes in slaughtering much of the population. Until his kingdom is the kingdom of the land that he invaded. And this is also the way Jesus is coming 
the second time. Turn to the book of Revelation in chapter 11. I'm just going to read one verse right now, but we will study several. Verse 15. Actually, let's go to verse 14, because you're going to see this. Revelation 11, verses 14 and 15. The second woe is past, and behold, the third woe comes quickly. The seventh angel sounded, talking about the trumpet, and there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Messiah, and he shall reign forever and ever. The kingdoms of the world, that's all the nations of the world. When the, the third woe, the trumpet, has sounded, all the countries and nations of this world are no longer their own. They belong to God and His Messiah, Jesus. Verse 18. The nations were angry because all these kings and presidents and prime ministers and rulers have no authority once Jesus comes back. And they are angry. Where does Jesus return to? We've already studied before. He returns to the Mount of Olives. And as his feet touch the ground, there's a great earthquake. And it rips apart. Matter of fact, let's turn over to Acts. The book of Acts. I want you to see something. I believe it's in Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, yes. Glory to God. Verse 4. Acts 1, verse 4. Being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. Now, let me set the stage here. Jesus is preparing to leave. We've studied before and talked about before. As you get ready to leave your family, let's say you're a father, you're going on a business trip, you're going to be gone for several days, you're leaving your teenage children at home. I'm not talking about 12, 13 years old. I'm talking about 15, 16, 17 years old. They're old enough to take care of themselves. But before you leave, you're going to emphasize what you want them to remember. You know, take the trash out, clean the house, no parties, obey your mother, you know, different things like You're going to emphasize as you leave what you've already told them to do when you're gone, but now you're going to emphasize it one more time before you leave. That's what Jesus is doing here. You know, that's why in the United States, a deathbed confession is considered evidence in a trial someone is dying and they say okay you know john doe is the one 
who was my partner in this, and I just want to get this off my chest. I want to receive forgiveness, and I, I don't want this t- being taken with me. Whatever they say is considered evidence in a trial. Even though there's no cross-examination uh, offered, it is still considered evidence. Because the last words are considered the most inspired. Jesus here is telling his disciples one last thing before he leaves. So it's considered very important. And he said, Do not depart from Jerusalem. Wait for the promise of the Father, which you've heard of me or heard me tell you before. You see, his disciples came from all over. Some of them for Galilee. It would take a few days for them to travel back home. And naturally, you know, they would probably want to return home. But he's telling them, no, don't go home. Don't go into your own cities. Stay in Jerusalem until you receive the promise of the Father that I've told you about. For John truly baptized with water, but now you will be baptized with the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? See, they're still thinking carnally. They're still thinking in the natural. Jesus said to them in verse 7, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. But you shall receive power. Here he's going back to what he just told them. Go to Jerusalem. Wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father. He says one more time. But you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses for me in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, and in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Verse 9, and when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, while they watched, his feet left the ground. He started to levitate. He started to be taken slowly up into the air. And they're wondering, wow, this is something new. Imagine if you were there as a disciple, not knowing all we know about the New Testament right now. And all of a sudden, wow, oh man, he's going up. And they watched, and as he was taken up, he went up so high that he entered a cloud. And they're watching like, okay, when's he coming back? You know, that's what you would do. You'd be sitting there, you'd be watching, amazed. And you see him disappear into a cloud, and he's like, okay, uh, come back down now, Jesus. Come on down. When, is he coming down? How high is he going? As they were watching... He was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And verse 10, while they were looking steadfastly towards heaven as he had gone up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Two angels suddenly appeared. They didn't even notice the angels. They're still looking up in the air. And these angels said, you men of Galilee, why are you standing here gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus... It's not another Jesus. It's not going to be a different Jesus born into the earth. It's not going to be someone else sent from him. This same Jesus, the same Jesus that you have lived with, walked with, been taught by, conversed with, seen, beaten, tortured, crucified, seen him raised from the dead. This same Jesus, which was taken up from you, and to heaven. 
He was taken up. Jesus just didn't say, okay, folks, watch this, and drifted up out of their sight. No, God took him up. God, the Father, took him up. He's standing there. He knows it's coming. He doesn't know when. He's, he's still talking to his disciples, still teaching his disciples. And then suddenly he starts going up. God took him up. That's what it says right here. This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner, just as you've seen him go into heaven. When Jesus comes back, it's not going to be a secret. When Jesus comes back the second time, when he returns to this earth, he said, as lightning shines from the east to the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. How does lightning appear? For number one, usually you do not expect it. 99, I'd say 99.9% of the time, you sense the thunderstorm. You hear the rumblings. You know it's close. You do not know when or where lightning will strike. Amen? And suddenly... It hits, and it shines. Everything lights up, and that bolt of lightning can go from east to west in an instant, all across the heaven. That's how quick the return of the Lord will be. There will not be, you know, the Hubble telescope is not going to pick up Jesus entering the solar system out by Pluto, and he's headed this way. Oh, man. He's riding on a white horse and his armies are with him. We don't know how they can breathe out there because there's no oxygen in, in space. But the Hubble telescope has seen them. They're on their way here. They just passed Jupiter, folks. In one or two days at the speed they're traveling, they're going to be here. You need to get ready because Jesus is coming back soon. We know it's him. We see it, and, and he has on his, we, the Hubble telescope zoomed in and seen that his name is on his thigh, flapping in the breeze as he's on his horse riding through space. No, the Hubble telescope's not going to see anything. Men will sense that the time is near. We can sense it. Those who are in the faith right now can sense that the days of Jesus returning to this earth are upon us. Jesus said, you will not know the hour, nor the day, nor the time, but you will know the season. And folks, we are in the latter stages of that season right now. I've heard some ministers say, we are in the last seconds of the last minute, of the last hour, of the last day. That's how close it is. Amen. I heard one time, as a very good example, how close are we? Well... When the New Testament was written, imagine you're standing out on a street and you found the house that you want to go into. And you're looking from the street into the house and the door is open. All you see is a little sliver of what that living room looks like. As you get closer and closer to the house, more and more of that living room is showing up through the doorway. Your vision, you're able to see more and more. You get to the porch, you can see 
a little bit more. When you get to the doorstep, you can actually look all around inside that living room. You are that close. All it's going to take is half a step and you're in the house. Amen. Let's say it's raining outside, storming outside, and you've walked from the car up the sidewalk, up the steps, on the porch, and you are now at the threshold. You can see all inside. You're not inside yet. You're still getting wet. But to be protected from the elements, all it's going to take is half a step and you're inside. How long does it take you to take half a step? It's just that fast. Amen? That's how close we are to the return of Jesus. We can see, if you're sensing in the Holy Spirit, if you're being... If you live in the Spirit, you can sense things of this world are coming together exactly as the Bible says they will in the last days. Armies are lining up right now. The entire world, including the United States of America, is preparing to line up against Israel. For the first time since Israel's existence, the United States has threatened them that they're going to go to the United Nations and support the division of their country for the Palestinian cause. Think about that. That makes God angry, the Bible says. You've divided my land. That's one of the things God is very upset about. God is the one who gave them the geographic borders of that land. And now the world is telling Israel, give it up. Go back to your 1948 borders. And they're negotiating on the 1967 borders prior to them capturing Jerusalem. And Israel says, we're not giving up Jerusalem. And because of that, the entire world is now going to go to the United Nations, vote on sanctions against Israel, and the next step is military conflict. We're that close which means Jesus is that close. We're at the doorstep. Amen? We're almost there. The return of Jesus is so near. Those in the Spirit can sense it. We don't know the day nor the hour, but we know the season is here. And as fast as lightning shines from the east to the west, so too will the return of the coming of the Son of Man be. You can sense it. You don't know when or where. We do know where, and it's Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. We don't know when, though. But when Jesus returns, it will split the heavens wide open. And just as his disciples seen him slowly ascend out of their sight, the Bible says, as he went up, so he shall return. When the heavens split open, his, he will slowly descend from heaven in awe of everyone around there because all the armies of the world, it said, will be coming against Israel. He will return to this earth. When he hits, the earthquake rips apart the Mount of Olives. All the nations of the earth will tremble. 
And what did the angels in heaven say and over in Revelation eleven fifteen? Now the kingdoms of this earth have become the kingdoms of our Lord, our God, and his Messiah, who's Jesus. Hallelujah. And Jesus will speak a word. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's go back to the book of Revelation. Glory. I just wanted to see how he went up is how he will come back. Amen. The nations were angry, for the wrath of God has come. And they were angry because the time of the dead should be judged. And they should give rewards to the servants, the prophets, and to the saints, and them that fear the name of God, small and great. And that he should destroy them which destroy the earth. The first judgment. There are two great white throne judgments. The first is the Bema seat of Christ. There was there, there's going to be how can I say this? Jesus is coming back. And he's not happy. As a matter of fact, he's extremely angry. He comes back as a conquering king, a destroyer. He is going to kill anyone who tries to stand in his way. Scriptures talk about a sore proceeds out. All he's got to do is speak the word and people die. Kings are going to hide themselves. Rich people will try and hide themselves in the mountains. If you don't believe that, Cheyenne Mountain out in Colorado is one such place. There are complete cities built into the inside the mountains for the leaders of this nation. And I'm sure other nations have it as well. Bunkers where they can go and hide. Sealed doors are impossible to penetrate from the outside. Well, impossible unless you're Jesus. He's just going to command the door to open and it'll obey him. But they're going to hide. They'll see Jesus returning out of the clouds. Warning will be given. Trouble's here. We need to run. And all the leaders of the earth at that time, will run and hide and bury themselves in caves and dens and say, you know, fall upon us. Or in other words, close the doors because they're scared of what's about to take place in the earth. But you see, the believers will not be there. If you are a born-again child of the Most High God, if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, if you are a believer that Jesus died for your sins and you've received forgiveness for the sins by confessing Him as your Savior, asking Him to come into your heart, He did. And He created in you a new spirit, one righteous in the eyes of the Father, one that loves God, and one that is loved of God. You will not be on the losing side in that battle. Because we have the promise that before all these things take place, 
Jesus will speak a word. Come up here, my people. For he does not want us to go through the tribulation. You have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's ftfm.org. Until next time, when we gather together around the Word of God, be blessed. And remember, we serve an awesome God. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.